millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today we have a crazy nuclear revenge of refusing to testify in court. We'll get into that in a bit, but first... She stabbed me in the back and I drove a knife through her chest. If you did not know, let me put this disclaimer out there. This is not the regular out of sync friendship experience where you easily find a way to get back into whatever rhythm you had from the start. This is what someone I had considered to be my family did. How she came after me in the most unimaginable way a friend could. But while she thought of me to be weak, the score would be settled and justice would be served. Well, at least to me. Making her lose her winning streak was pure justice. It felt like a big bowl of vanilla pudding with a lot of extras. Okay, this might sound crazy, but you didn't know her. You had no idea what it was like to be her friend. You had no idea what I had to endure for years. But to make this all make sense, I would give you my account of what actually happened. The moment I met Daisy in the hallways of our high school, I could never have figured out that we would come close to being what people would think of as best of friends. Her charisma was infectious, and her radiant smile drew me in like a moth to a flame. But I was not. And to be honest, that should have been the signal that we were two entirely different people, and that we were bound to come across a certain imbalance in our friendship. But at that point, I could not refuse the only hand of a friend I'd gotten since I began high school. I could not be the loner that gets picked on for always being alone and having no friends. So we clicked instantly, as if two puzzle pieces finally found their perfect fit. And while we were different people at heart, there were things that we found a common footing on. This revolved around our shared interests and dreams, especially our love for science, which solidified our bond, making us somewhat inseparable. Daisy was everything I had admired in a friend, confident, charming, and full of life. Whenever she was around, the world seemed brighter, and her laughter was like music to my ears. I felt incredibly lucky to be her confidant, her cherished companion in the journey of high school. Our passion for science brought us even closer. We spent countless hours discussing theories, conducting experiments, and dreaming of the impact we could make in the world through our scientific pursuits. In each other's company, we found solace and encouragement, and our shared dreams motivated us to strive for excellence. She had this ability to make me feel better about myself. I could not explain it most times. With her by my side, I felt I could conquer any challenge that high school threw our way. Her approval and attention meant the world to me, and I cherished every moment we spent together. However, beneath the surface of our picture-perfect friendship, there lurked a subtle undercurrent of cruelty. It started with innocent jokes and playful banter that I assumed was just part of her sense of humor, but as time went on, these remarks began to chip away at my self-esteem. In retrospect, I think it started from her knowing that no matter what she said, I could not be able to move on. I had no other friend and would be stuck with her through high school irrespective of how she jokingly insulted and passed out rude comments to me. Daisy had a way of belittling me in front of others, making me feel small and insignificant. At first, I brushed it off, thinking she was teasing me or that I was being overly sensitive. I laughed along with our friends, trying to convince myself that it was all in good fun. To be honest, they were not our friends. They were her friends. 
The only friend I had was Daisy, or at least I thought I had. Her comments were always bad and they started a couple of weeks before our meeting, but it increased in frequency and intensity as the months turned into years. I found myself questioning my worth, wondering if I was truly valued in our friendship or if I was merely there for her amusement. Doubt clouded my judgment and I began to second guess myself, unsure of how to respond to her hurtful remarks. Despite my growing pain, I hesitated to confront Daisy about my feelings. I didn't want to risk jeopardizing our friendship or causing unnecessary drama. I feared that speaking up would only lead to more hurt and misunderstandings between us. This is not to say every moment I shared with her was filled with sadness. If it was, I would have ditched her company a long time ago. But in the depths of my heart, I cherished the moments of joy and laughter we shared. I loved being her friend, but the pain caused by her subtle cruelty couldn't be ignored. The power dynamic felt unbalanced as if I needed her approval to feel worthy and validated. It wasn't until one day when her comments hit me harder than ever before that I finally mustered the courage to speak up. We sat in our favorite corner of the school cafeteria, surrounded by friends. The room was filled with laughter, but her remarks left a bitter taste in my mouth. As we enjoyed our lunch break, Daisy playfully turned to me, her eyes glinting mischievously. Hey Krista, I know you've thought about becoming a scientist alright, but you know, someone has to make the coffee for the real scientists, right? Her words were hurtful. But what made them sting more this day was the way it was followed by laughter from her friends. It felt like more there had been conversations about me that I'd not been a part of, where I'd been disregarded by all of them. This was not the first time Daisy had made such a comment about me being less of a real science geek than she was, and each time it left me feeling small and insignificant. I tried to shake off the hurt, convincing myself that she was just teasing that her words were harmless banter, and to be fair, it was weird that she ever allowed herself to think this way, since I'd always been the one carrying her science assignments like mine because we were friends, so why not? It felt like a mockery of my dreams and aspirations, as if she didn't take them seriously. It made me question if she truly valued our friendship, or if I was just there for her amusement. Obviously, it was the latter, but I needed to get my facts right first. I took a deep breath, mustering my courage to address the issue that had been festering within me for far too long. Daisy, can we talk for a moment, I said, trying to steady my voice. Daisy turned to me, curiosity evident in her eyes. Sure. What's up, she replied, her tone casual. It's about the comments you make, I began, my voice tinged with emotion. They may seem like jokes to you, but they hurt me. I don't want to be the butt of your humor, especially when it comes to something I'm passionate about. Her eyebrows furrowed momentarily, but then her expression hardened, and a hint of annoyance flickered across her face. Wow, Krista, I was just joking. In her all-so-familiar attempt to dismiss the conversation, you can't take a little teasing? Guess you're not as tough as I thought. Her words stung, but I refused to back down. This was a pivotal moment, and I knew I had to stand up for myself. It's not about being tough, I said firmly. It's about respect. I thought we were friends, but I can't be friends with someone who doesn't respect me and my passions. The room fell silent, and our friends exchanged uneasy glances. Sensing the tension in the air, I held my breath, uneasy of how Daisy would react. Confronting her had been a daunting decision, but it was one that I knew was necessary for the sake of our friendship and my self-worth. Her eyes narrowed and she looked away, seemingly avoiding eye contact with me. 
The conversation had struck a nerve, and I could see her once confident facade starting to crack. It was a moment of vulnerability, and it made me wonder if there was more to her jokes than meets the eye. In the aftermath of our conversation, the atmosphere in the cafeteria returned to normal, but everything felt different. I couldn't ignore the weight of what had just transpired. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. That day, Daisy went home without me. Not that I cared at that point because I was pissed about how she didn't seem to see the wrong in her actions. But as the days passed, her behavior towards me changed, and it was not in the way I expected it would. She began to ignore me, and the warmth and closeness we once shared seemed to fade away. It was as if she was distancing herself from me, like I'd meant absolutely nothing to her. Daisy's reaction to my heartfelt honesty had caught me off guard. Her initial annoyance quickly gave way to a defensive attitude, as if she was unwilling to accept any responsibility for the hurtful remarks she had made. Despite my hopes for reconciliation, it became clear that our friendship had irrevocably changed. Daisy had withdrawn, shutting me out emotionally and mentally. It was a bitter pill to swallow, realizing that the person I once considered my best friend now treated me like a stranger. But it was more than that. I could turn a blind eye to her insults. What I could not do was sit still while she passed untrue rumors about how I managed to pull straight A's in schoolwork. I confided in Daisy with a deeply personal secret, something I'd shared with no one else. There was one person that knew I'd cheated on a math test in middle school, and that was because I told her. I trusted her implicitly, believing that she would keep my confidence, but to my horror, that trust was shattered when my secret leaked spreading like wildfire through the school. Now, it wasn't just that one minor instance of noting a formula in the palm of my hand. The rumors painted me as cheating my way through every exam. I felt a suffocating mix of emotions. Anger, humiliation, and profound hurt. It was devastating to know that someone I had trusted with my innermost thoughts had turned against me. Daisy's denial only deepened the wound as she pretended innocence, while secretly reveling in the chaos she had created. I felt exposed and vulnerable like my private world had been laid bare for everyone to see. The once confident version of myself I was trying to build after my fallout with Daisy retreated and was replaced by a more lonely, paranoid persona. As the school year progressed, fate seemed to revel in its twisted sense of humor. Seeing as, despite our fractured friendship, Daisy and I were assigned to the same lab project. It was a cruel twist of irony, forcing us to work together closely once again. When I saw our names on the project list, 
I couldn't help but feel a mix of dread and disbelief. The universe seemed to be playing a cruel joke on me as if it wanted to test my resilience and strength. I knew working alongside Daisy would feel like walking on eggshells, uncertain of what her next move would be. I knew that the project was an opportunity for her to inflict more pain, to remind me of the secrets she had divulged and the chaos she had unleashed. But I was determined not to let her control my emotions anymore. I had endured enough hurt, and it was time for me to take back my power. As we began working on the project, I tried my best to maintain a professional demeanor. I focused on the task at hand, refusing to engage in any personal conversations with Daisy. It wasn't easy, as memories of our past camaraderie often threatened to break through the barriers I'd built. Daisy, on the other hand, seemed to be reveling in the discomfort she was causing me. She maintained an air of indifference, as if the pain she had inflicted on me was inconsequential. It was as if she had moved on, leaving me to pick up the pieces of my shattered self. Amid the project, I realized that my revenge wouldn't come from sinking to her level or causing her pain in return. Instead, it would come from proving to myself and everyone else that I was strong enough to rise above her cruelty. It was time to show her that I would no longer allow myself to be a victim of her toxic behavior. Of course, she was never helpful. Not in taking the lab notes, not in noting the measurements, and not in making as little research as she could. With determination in my heart, I poured my energy into the project, using the skills and talents that Daisy had once depended on in me. It was a way for me to reclaim my identity, to remind myself of the capable and resilient person I'd been before she tore me down. In the days leading up to the presentation, my emotions were a whirlwind. I felt a mix of anxiety, anger, and a glimmer of empowerment. I was no longer the same person who had once cowered in the face of Daisy's cruelty. I'd found my voice, and I was ready to use it to expose her true colors, as the ungrateful and lagging student I knew her to be before I'd started to pick up her slack. The day of the presentation arrived, and as I stood before the class, my heart pounded in my chest. I made the presentation as perfectly as I could and when the teacher asked her to make her part of the presentation, I boldly explained that the work was purely mine, and I had no help from her, since she was too busy and had other commitments that finishing what makes up 60% of our schoolwork. Of course, she tried to argue. She tried to accuse me of sabotaging her, but our teacher could see through the facade of her lies. He proceeded to ask her consequential questions she should know if she had bothered to even read the final report I submitted for review. As he expected, she found it hard to successfully explain. The evidence was clear, and the room fell silent as my words reverberated through the air. At that moment, I felt a surge of strength and vindication. At that moment, I realized that my revenge had not come from causing her pain, but from standing up for myself and revealing her true nature. I'd found the courage to confront her, to demand the respect I deserved, and to reclaim my power and I did not care that the rules would have to penalize me for doing the project alone. All I cared about was that I got to show her what the taste of betrayal felt like, and that in doing that, I was exonerated of the crimes everyone accused me of in their minds, like they weren't the usual cheaters in exams. Now I get stares when I walk down the hallway, but at least it's from people knowing I would bite if I was pushed too far into the wall. I preferred that rather than being seen as the girl who cheats her way through school. It's just so sad that OP had such a negative experience that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. They had to go it alone and be this outcast that everybody's just kind of judges from a distance rather than having a more normal high school experience actually being involved with people. Our next story is, I refused to testify for my ex-husband in court after promising that I would. When I met my ex-husband at a book club that I newly joined when I moved to that part of town and he asked me out to coffee so we could discuss a book everyone but I had read, I happily accepted his offer. He was a very handsome man and was just the right age for me. I was in my late 20s at the time and was getting advances from only younger men. I don't know if it's because of how young I looked. People often told me that I looked younger than I actually was. I wanted a mature man, someone who was ready to settle down. Growing up, I wanted to get married in my early 20s. I'd even given myself a deadline, 26. By 26, I had to be married, but I was 28 and still unmarried at the time. The clock that I'd set for myself, ticking fast and quickly in my head, I'd left a relationship of four years because he wasn't popping the big question. I subtly tried for two years to get him to propose, and when I was sick of trying, I gave him an ultimatum. I'm still embarrassed to tell people that the time I gave him elapsed, and he did nothing. I prayed and hoped that he had something up his sleeve. I'd seen movies and read books where the man pretends to not take the woman seriously while planning to surprise her with a proposal, but... That was sadly not the case with my ex-boyfriend. He refused to propose and ignored my ultimatum. I was beyond hurt and torn between staying and leaving him. I decided to leave while still hoping that he'd come after me, but he never did. Eventually, I comforted myself with the knowledge that he probably wanted me to leave anyway, and that was why he snubbed my ultimatum. Barely weeks after I broke up with him, he started dating someone else. I felt so embarrassed about the whole situation and fled town. When I met my ex-husband, I thought I'd try him since he'd been married, had a child, and was interested in having a family again. Him? My friend asked when I told her about the guy from the book club that I went out with. That guy's ex is very crazy, she said. Really? He did say she was sick in the head, but I thought he was being a man. Men always say their exes are crazy. Nah, this one was really crazy, but he was also crazily in love with her. He'd never leave her. Everyone tried to get him to leave her, but he refused. I asked, why? I don't know. Love, I guess. He didn't leave her. Not until she left him. I said, he didn't leave her? No, did he tell you that he did? I said, nah, I just assumed that since he'd had so many issues. That's the thing. He loved her too much and he didn't believe in divorce. I know it was pathetic, but hearing that he didn't believe in divorce was soothing. I certainly wanted someone who wouldn't leave after we'd had a silly fight. If he could stay with his ex despite her weird behavior, he certainly could be with me who was not quite problematic. I'd say be careful, my friend warned. I'd heard he's not over his ex yet. They'd been divorced for a year and separated for two. I don't know, that's what I heard. I think I'm willing to try, I told her. They're barely even communicating anymore. They have a daughter and she let him have custody. Ah, yes. He has a daughter whom he absolutely dotes on. From what I heard, he's a great dad. 
Plus, he's kind and good-looking too, I thought. Why wouldn't I want to date a man who was a great husband, a great dad, and very handsome? We started dating and I'll admit he was great. I always thought my ex-boyfriend was insensitive, but my ex-husband was the right amount of sensitive. He was genuinely interested in me and always wanted to hear about how my day went, we went on intimate dates, and he wasn't in a hurry to hook up. He just seemed like the perfect man when we started dating. For the first four months, I didn't meet his daughter, but when we decided on what we wanted from each other, he let me meet his daughter. She was a sweet, pleasant girl who adored her dad, and just as my friend had told me, he really did dote on her. He was fully devoted to her and would refuse to go out and have fun just to spend time with her. In the first months of our relationship, when I hadn't met her, he paid a sitter to watch her. But as soon as I met her, we stopped going out as often. Rather than go out, he would invite me to his home and cook me dinner. We'd have dinner with his daughter and after that, she'd go to bed while we stayed up to watch a movie. After nearly nine months of being together, he asked me to move in with him, but I refused. I lived with my ex for two years and I still blamed myself for doing that. If I believed that I hadn't done that, he'd probably have proposed. When we broke up, I made up my mind that if a man wanted me to move in with him, then he must have asked me to marry him and, in fact, set a wedding date. After a full year of being together, he asked me to marry him. I was happy to say yes. Why not? Our relationship was not perfect, but he was better than any guy I'd ever been with, and we wanted the same things. I was tired of being with guys that I had to ask what their plans were. My ex made his plans clear in the fourth month. He wanted marriage, he wanted one more child, and a huge house in the suburbs. I agreed to marry him, but was soon confronted with the real reason he proposed. His ex-wife was getting married. I visited him one evening and asked about his daughter. Oh, she's with her mom, he replied, trying to be casual. Something was not right. His child was hardly ever with her mom, and even when she was, he was worried about her. Do you think she'd tell her bad stuff about me? He'd ask, nervously. Relax, your daughter knows you're a good dad, and nothing your ex tells her will change that. He wasn't as worried as he usually was whenever she went to be with her mom. Okay, tell me, what's up? What? He asked. Again, he was trying to be oblivious. My ex-husband did a terrible job at acting. When he felt guilty, the guilt was always all over his face. I frowned at him to let him know that his fake puppy face was doing nothing for him. I'm sorry. I was alarmed. What happened? I didn't tell you. My ex-wife is getting married. My daughter's at her wedding. I was livid, too mad to even utter a word. I just picked up my purse and left. I refused to see my ex for a full week. The only reason he proposed was because his ex was getting married and he probably didn't want to feel left out. I knew he wasn't over his ex. Everyone at the book club talked about it, my friend said when I told her about it. Maybe it should be called the Gossip Club because everyone there sure gossips a lot. I snapped at my friend and went into my room. That night, my ex came over with a dozen roses. Please, just let me explain, he said when I opened the door and saw him. Was that why you asked me to marry you? To show her that you'd moved on too? At first, I wanted to do that. Yes, I wanted to marry you because since she's moved on, it was only fair that I did too. But that wasn't just why. At least when I thought about it, I decided that I wanted to do more than just prove something. I stared blankly at him. Listen, I love you. I want to marry you and yeah, it did take my ex getting married to realize that, but I want you to be my wife. 
My ex was an avid reader, but he wasn't exactly great with words. Hearing him say that was very refreshing. I let him come in and that was how we continued our engagement. My friend was certain that my ex was still in love with his ex and it irritated me. I was just sick of hearing her say it repeatedly. My ex did not show any sign of still loving her, aside from the lie about what prompted him to propose and how worried he gets when his daughter was with her. He hardly ever mentioned her. We had a small wedding with both of our immediate families in attendance and started our lives together as a married couple. Months after we got married, I started to worry about my biological clock. I wanted to start having kids right away. Let's wait until I get my promotion at work, he said first. After he got the promotion, he wanted me to wait until his daughter was old enough to watch her baby brother. I spent so much on enrolling her in private school and all those dance classes. She may as well watch her sibling to pay me back, he'd said. I didn't want to be an inconsiderate wife or stepmom, so I agreed to wait while we prepare in every way to have our baby. I was soon greeted with the shock of my life. My husband was cheating on me with his ex-wife. They were even planning to abandon both their spouses and elope. I got to find out about this from his ex's husband. He came over to where I worked and asked to talk. I didn't believe it at first, until he opened his computer and showed me proof of their chats. He also let me listen to the voice messages they shared. He suspected that his wife was cheating, and as a computer professional, he hacked her phone and got the information he needed. He was leaving her, but he just wanted me to know that was going on because he thought I deserved to know. I was shocked because there was no way I could have guessed that my husband was cheating so much more with his ex-wife. I confronted him about it and when he didn't deny it, I kicked him out. That week was a most devastating one for me. I started to believe and accept that I probably was not destined to find love. Not everyone will have a family or find love and perhaps I was one of those people. I'd been hurt so many times, but that one was the last straw for me. I didn't want to go down without a fight but there was no way to get back at my ex. We didn't have a child together or anything. Even if I got the house, I could never live in the house I shared with him. I considered myself a loser. Not until one day when the universe blessed me with an opportunity to get my revenge. My ex-husband called to tell me that he was coming over to pick up some of his clothes and files. He asked me when I was going to be home, and I told him. That afternoon, he came over and picked up his stuff while I stayed upstairs in my home workshop doing some woodwork. I heard someone kick the door down and race downstairs wondering if my ex was going to break my door. It was my ex-husband's ex-wife. It was also my first time seeing her up close. I stood at the head of the stairs and watched her call for my ex-husband. I know you're not sneaking around to hook up with her, she said. No, I honestly just came here to pick up my stuff, he replied to her, what looked like fear dancing in his eyes. His ex was indeed crazy. Did you follow me? I knew you were lying to me, she yelled. I was surprised to find out that when he moved out of the house we lived in, he moved in with her. I was going to let them keep arguing when she picked up a small ceramic vase I'd made and threw it at him. He dodged the vase and it hit the wall and broke into pieces. She started to chase him around the living room while I watched in shock. She grabbed him by the neck and tried to choke him. I continued watching in shock. My ex-husband held her hand and pushed her away from him. He shoved her with so much force that she hit her head on a piece of art in the living room and she passed out instantly. I ran downstairs and examined her head. She was bleeding. He carried her and drove her to the hospital while I sat in my living room pondering over all that had happened. I could not believe that my ex left me for someone that violent. 
and that strengthened my resolve to get a divorce. While we were still in the process of getting a divorce, my ex came to me to ask for a favor. His ex-wife had filed for custody of his daughter to get back at him. He told her he was done with her and that angered her. Please, you have to come and testify. You witnessed all that happened that day in your house. She's telling the judge that I'm violent and has taken pictures of her injured head. I agreed to do it, but of course, I wasn't going to. That was going to be my way of getting revenge. My ex knew how much I wanted to be a mother, and he didn't just waste my time, he broke my heart too. I was busy being a loving wife and a mother to his child while he pined for and begged his ex-wife to elope with him. I promised to show up, and he thanked me. Every other day he'd call me and remind me of the court date and tell me how to dress up for it, and I would in turn assure him that I'd show up. The day came, and I turned off my phone and went skydiving with a guy I'd just met. He called me again, begging me to show up at the next hearing. I told him that I won't be showing up, and hung up on him. I never heard from him again, but my friend who heard all the gossip told me that the court granted his ex-wife custody. That satisfied me. Although, to be fair, in this situation, it probably would have been nice if OP did show up considering it really wasn't this guy's fault what happened to her and she did seem kind of crazy. I don't blame anybody for not wanting to get in the middle of that domestic dispute, especially when somebody's displayed that crazy of behavior and obviously knows where you live now. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.